1: This week on Heritage Bible Radio, Pastor Jim will continue our preaching series through the Gospel of Mark. We're in chapter 1, looking at verses 9 through 11. These three short verses describe a remarkable event the baptism of Jesus. Now, that raises a lot of questions. John the Baptist certainly had some. Why in the world would the Son of God need to be baptized by anyone? If it seems backwards, good, it should. And then we read about the voice of God being heard from heaven, identifying Jesus as his beloved son. Well, That doesn't happen every day. I dare say nobody has ever before or ever since received such an introductory nod of approval. What must that have been like, to be there and hear that proclamation? Pastor Jim will guide us through an accurate understanding of, of all that was going on here as you listen in today, and we hope every day this week, to the message entitled, The Beloved Son of God.
0: We have recently begun the gospel according to Mark. And at first you might think, wow, that's really brilliant to start a gospel just before Christmas. As we can study the birth of Christ, only Mark doesn't mention it. That's not what his uh, gospel was all about. We will, in uh, our time next Lord's Day, look at uh, something in Matthew or Luke at the actual birth of Christ. But today, uh, a big event is before us in the Scriptures. I remember when I was a kid and the new... Models of cars were revealed every year. Now, I know nostalgia isn't what it used to be, but nevertheless, in in those days, that was a big deal. Some of you remember that. That was when uh, car design actually changed from year to year, and you could tell them apart without a magnifying glass. There would always be one popular TV show sponsored by Ford and one sponsored by Chevy and one sponsored by Chrysler and on those shows they would extend them about a half hour and they would at that key time in the fall reveal what was their brand new models it was a it was a big deal uh, they built up lots of hype and suspense for weeks and you know they'd show a car underneath a a, a tarp or something like that and then They'd reveal it and a certain amount of ceremony came with the new models finally being shown in public and our family would gather around the TV set. Sometimes we'd have to endure the program that we otherwise wouldn't have watched just to satisfy our curiosity and offer our critiques of the latest thing that was going to be on the street next month. Of course, the the real critiques, the ones that mattered, came the next day at school when you'd find out if you were really believing the right thing was cool or not. Well, today we're going to look at a passage that describes something like that, but way more fantastic. Bigger, better. The most crucial unveiling of all human history so far. There's going to be a bigger one when he comes back. But today we're going to look at the beginning of the public ministry of Jesus Christ. It is Mark's record of the moment that Jesus was unveiled in public to begin His three-year-plus ministry. Remember, Mark is validating his premise that he stated in chapter 1, verse 1, which is kind of like his title for this book, the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. He's going to show us the inauguration of the earthly ministry of the King. Now, we're going to take it in three bites. We're going to ask the question, why was Jesus baptized? And for that, we're going to take a short side trip to the Gospel according to Matthew. Then we're going to see Jesus comes to John, and the Father identifies the Son. But we want to ask, why was Jesus baptized? Now, we have the privilege of four Gospels to compare and to harmonize with each other. For his Roman audience, things did not matter that mattered in other situations. So Mark uh, didn't include something that I think we do well to consider this morning as a supplement to our passage. So to get ready for Mark 1, 9 through 11, let's look at Matthew chapter 3, verses 13 through 15. Matthew put it this way. Then Jesus arrived from Galilee at the Jordan, coming to John to be baptized by him. But John tried to prevent him, saying, I have need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? But Jesus answering said to him, Permit it at this time, for in this way it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he permitted him. Now John the Baptist, or as the text literally describes him, John the Baptizer, has been on the scene for several months, probably around six months. He is faithfully fulfilling his special role as the forerunner of the Messiah, Jesus Christ. On the day that's recorded in this passage, he at last gets his chance to introduce his friends and his disciples to Jesus. This probably took place place in the summer of A.D. 26. Jesus arrives and, frankly, I think he shocks John the Baptist By coming to him to be baptized. And the text specifically says he came to be baptized by him. Now Matthew doesn't give us a lot of specifics about when. He just uses the word then. Mark simply says in those days, referring to the days when John the Baptist was baptizing people every day out by the Jordan River. Jesus apparently arrived at the height of John's ministry. Now it's interesting that we're told he came from Galilee. Mark adds the um, detail that he came from Nazareth in Galilee. Why is that significant? Well, that confirms to us that Jesus remained in the hometown of Joseph and Mary from childhood until he began his public ministry. It says he arrived. Now there's a significant choice of word there, words there. It's the same word that we've seen for the arrival of John the Baptist. It's the same word that you find in Matthew 2 for the arrival of the wise men, the magi. It's the, the word that was often used to describe an official arrival or an important public appearance. And wow is this one ever important. Notice Jesus comes alone. Why? Well, he had no disciples before this time. And this took place, it says, at the Jordan. That's another non-specific reference. John chapter 1, verse 28 says it was at Bethany beyond the Jordan. Now, there's a couple of Bethanys. There's the one right outside of Jerusalem where Mary and Martha and Lazarus lived and Jesus stayed when he was uh, in Jerusalem. But this is a different Bethany. It's Bethany beyond the Jordan now beyond the Jordan would be from the frame of reference of Jerusalem so probably on the east side of the Jordan River but archaeology has so far not been able to tell us the precise location of Bethany beyond the Jordan all we know is that it was somewhere between Jericho and the Dead Sea on the shore of the Jordan River obviously you can get to heaven without knowing where Bethany beyond the Jordan is But he came to be baptized by him. Jesus intentionally made sure that he connected the beginning of his ministry to the ministry of the forerunner, John the Baptist. And when he got there, John tried to prevent him. Now, that's not really a a surprise because John was careful to be faithful to his message. From his perspective, if he was baptizing people as they confessed their sins, well then Jesus had no need to be baptized so it's no surprise that his first response to Jesus wanting to be baptized was to resist it. It says he he tried to um, prevent him, and the word "prevent" is actually in the the imperfect tense in the Greek, meaning that it it went on a little while John. John persisted for a while in trying not to baptize Jesus. I'm sure that there's a lot more to this conversation that took place between John and Jesus that is recorded. I, I can just picture Jesus coming to John, and, and John finds out who it is, and, no, wait a minute, hold on, sidebar. And I can just see them going off and talking, and uh, I wish I could have heard that conversation. I know it took some explaining before John agreed to baptize Jesus. And he had a valid point. Why Why would he baptize Jesus when he was the one who needed a Savior and Jesus was the Savior? Shouldn't it be the other way around? You know, there were two occasions when John resisted baptizing someone, but the reasons were very different. There's this time where he doesn't want to baptize Jesus because Jesus is without sin. The other time, he didn't want to baptize the the Pharisees and the scribes and the Sadducees who came to him because they were flaming hypocrites. They weren't worthy of John's baptism, but John felt he certainly wasn't worthy to baptize the Son of God. He was a humble man. And, And you can learn from his humility. On the one hand, he was the most important character to show up on the scene for over 400 years. And yet, he immediately submitted himself to Christ. He knew his own sinfulness, and he he never thought of claiming to a position other than what God had wanted for him. And by the way, you realize that later on, Jesus would say, no one has ever lived who is greater than John the Baptist. So one of the great lessons of the Bible to learn is that Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald. For Heritage Bible Radio, I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.